0: Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie
1: Rodriguez. Welcome to the most spectacular show in the world. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Jamie Rodriguez, radio music man and liver of life and giver of love. And you are listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, where we bring you fresh bands, fresh jams, fresh players in the music industry, and we are growing a lot and we love it. We love you listeners. Thank you guys for the support. And this episode, we have another great rock and roll band bringing rock back into our lives when we most need it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Stone Horses from Washington DC, Maryland area. And Stone Horses just released their self-titled debut EP, October 2nd, which is a perfect blend of that swampy blues of the South kind of rock with a truly modern groove. Filled with songs that are powered by witty lyrics, really big arena-sized choruses and dark melodies. It's really fantastic stuff. Um, they've had a couple really successful singles already. The first one was Reckless Ways, which was in the top 40 in the charts. And the latest one, Good Old Days, has quickly jumped in the top 40 on Billboard's Active Rock Chart. It is phenomenal. It sounds from another era, and I say that in the best of the rock and roll ways. So today we welcome the singer, lead man and rock connoisseur John Allen. He joins us from his uh basement studio in um in in Maryland and and we get a lot of uh, topics discussed. Not only the the band's genesis, but we talk about uh the future of rock and roll. We talk about um live streams, we talk about the genesis of music, just a great chat, just a great, great chat. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy this episode with Stone Horses. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you consume your tunes. And while we have you guys here, please you know, give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Give us a little review, helps us a lot. And without further ado, guys, this is John Allen of Stone Horses. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Good, man. Thank you for your time. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me. So are you like a Zoom expert at this point, John? Are you like completely <laughs> versed? Are you a pro?
0: No. No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring it all out like everybody else, I guess, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. John. But Well, first of all, thank you for your time. Congratulations on a great, uh, great EP. We've been jamming to it nonstop. It's fantastic.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. Oh,
1: such a great mix of uh, blues and soul and classic rock in there. Oh, we needed that. So, thank you,
0: thank you. Yeah, you nailed it. I, you know, that's that's what we were going for. Cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, John. So, so, so let's um, you know, I like to start this year my interviews by asking you know, like a little bit about the year for you in a nutshell. Uh, what were you doing in March when when the rug collectively got pulled out from under our feet, John?
0: Yeah. Um. Well. We were actually already on our way to finishing the EP. We were, you know, we were geared up to get this thing out. uh, Probably around for us Memorial Day weekend, um, you know, end of May, beginning of uh, June. And, um, you know, I was watching the news, I guess, like everyone else. And I saw that it was coming. And, you know, it's, it's funny how it sort of dovetailed with... The last song really that we completed for the ep was um good old days Mm -hmm. and you know the whole idea was to kind of be nostalgic with that song you know like um the last single out that i had done was called end of the world and it was so dark and depressing and it just took me to such a dark place and i thought man i want to break out of that place i want to get back to good times. I want to yeah. provide people. I'm always thinking about the live show, right? So I want to provide people who come out to our shows um, to have a high energy, good time rock and roll show. And I started thinking about how nostalgia plays such a big part in, in, in human beings' lives. You know, you think about the, the times when you were younger and regardless of whether it really was the good old days or not you your your memory a lot of times tends to shade it that way so yeah it was it was with that thought process that i was writing the song and i, I love to if you if you catch me after a show i'm usually really hyped up and i will i will talk your ear off and i'll i'll tell stories about you know you know when when we started out or when I started out playing music and just and that's uh good old days has a couple of vignettes in it of 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 those uh of my misspent youth I guess you you could say and uh so so yeah we were just in the midst of finishing up the the EP and it turns mm-hmm. out our our drummer you know he didn't know it at the time but he must have had a mild case of of covid he had oh, yeah. it um he had it in march actually Okay. We were talking about it, and then uh, uh, I guess after we did one of our first live stream shows, his his wife is a or his girl is a um, is a healthcare worker. So she would suggest that she and, and he uh, take the test, and he took it, and sure enough, he, he had the antibody. So he had mm-hmm. had it. Um, so he, had um, had it. Wow. he survived though. Yeah, we and we managed to get a get an EP out. You know, in the midst of all
1: that. Wow, what a year. What a year for you guys, John. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned your previous work because, yeah, definitely a, a little bit of darker in there. Um, mm-hmm. What's your take on uh, these people, this believe that the best art comes from these dark places, right? People say, oh, my God, Alanis Morissette, when she was so unhappy with Jack and Little Pill was her masterpiece. Or, you know, you hear about people like John Mayer sabotaging their relationships so that they can get to that creative place yeah, you know what's your take on that? It's it's hard, you know, to believe that that's the case. What what's your take on that? Uh,
0: I think it, there may be some truth in it. Yeah, I mean, like when I'm really low, you know, I I tend to write a lot, you know, and I'll uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff comes from that darker, um, sad place. You know, um, it's really hard for me to write a happy, upbeat song. Um, Good old days is is more of a uh like i said telling of stories so that's yeah. one way i, I think i i managed to do it i don't know if i did it well i tried you know great. yeah uh, absolutely uh, but uh but yeah I'm, I, a lot of my stuff does tend to come from you know heartbreak uh, or 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 whatever depression you know i i i fight that fight you know uh constantly in my life i um i've uh I think I first realized that I, I battled depression as, as young as being in the fourth or fifth grade, you know, and when I, when I was a little kid, you know. Um, so it's been with me my whole life, and uh, creating songs is, is probably a way of, of dealing with it. It's it's a therapy almost. It's a cathartic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think you'll find that a lot of artists, like you, like you said earlier, um, come from that place. I mean, certainly somebody as great as like Chris Cornell. I mean, I didn't know the guy, I didn't you know, know his personality, but I would think that there was you know, some, some shades of depression there and, yeah. and same thing with, with Chester. You know? yeah. um, I did have the fortune of good fortune of meeting him early mm-hmm. on in their career and, and, and he, he was a lovely guy. Uh, you know, and he, I didn't see you know signs of depression there, but yeah. sometimes you don't know. You know, you, you don't know. know what's going on inside, and exactly. and what, what what people put out. You know, um, I remember years ago playing with a guitar player and talking to him about my my struggles, and he was he was surprised to hear it. Now I don't know if he was just saying that to me or not, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think I think there's truth in that. I think um, I think it can come from from uh, from hurt whatever but the work doesn't have to necessarily be dark right know? absolutely john absolutely
1: i want to i want to touch on your influences a little bit because um i mean you've mentioned of course led zeppelin and robert johnson who uh you know were, were on the street as he sold his soul to the devil right um but like you know when did all these records come to your life john because it seems like you're like you it seems like you're born with this rock and roll dna but how when was this intersection your first memories
0: um First member now, Zeppelin. I came to Zeppelin really late. I'll I'll Mm. have to admit. I have. I think. I I think I have. It's called oppositional. um, It's what is it called? O D D oppositional uh, disorder. Uh, There's another D in there. Anyway, so everybody in my neighborhood growing up loved Led Zeppelin. I had to do something the opposite, so I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I picked another classic rock band. I loved Deep Purple growing up. Nice. And, and nice. I I was a drummer. I loved Ian Pace. I thought he was he was amazing. Uh, I came to the Zeppelin camp late. I've been reading. I've read this book by Mick Wall uh, called When Giants Walk the Earth. Mm. Uh, it's it's a I highly recommend the book to okay. anyone who's a music fan. Or a Zeppelin fan, definitely, it's a must. I think it has a lot of insight in that in that book. Um, but yeah, my earliest memories are just my mom cleaning the house, singing songs, and and they had a pretty cool little uh, record collection. They had Beatles, they had Beach Boys. Nice. And uh, and then I just got into what other kids were listening to in the neighborhood and formed bands, and it was you know bands like. Kiss and 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 we played Zeppelin and we played, you know, Def Leppard and just any kind of rock stuff, you know. And and uh, I just started doing. I'm a history geek, so I started reading about the, you know, the Rolling Stones and the and Zeppelin and Eric Clapton and all these fantastic artists. They all, all kept talking about this guy Robert Johnson, this blues artist, you know, and <laughs> and I, it was very intriguing, and I you know, finally got a hold of the complete recordings and and you hear shades of what turned out to be rock and roll in those recordings. They're raw. They're really raw. But, and then you can also hear why people thought he sold his soul to the devil. Cause there are times where it sounds like there are two people playing guitar and it's only wow. one guy. So he was like the the whatever shredder guitar player of this moment, he mm-hmm. was that guy in 1938. You know, he was blowing, blowing people's minds, you know. <laughs> so they they had no explanation for it. And, and the story was he had been kind of a middling blues kind of guitar player singer and he went away for a month and he came back and he was fantastic so it had to be supernatural <laughs> it couldn't have been it couldn't have been that he was on tour for a month and was playing every night and just in and picking just up got better, and yeah. it just got better you know so yeah it's wow. a, it makes for a great story
1: yeah, absolutely absolutely that's great john are you in your studio right now in the basement i am yeah yeah ha- has this been a prolific time for you john have you been songwriting a lot
0: it, it it has on and off, you know, I, it's because of COVID it's been an adjustment with, you know, I have two daughters. So Well, so yeah. like it it started off, you know, I was like, yes, I'm going to write like crazy. I'm going to really be creative and I'm going to work on my guitar playing. I'm going to work, I'm going to learn piano and, and all that. And that, that lasted for about a month, you know, <laughs> and then it was like, we, I had to deal with, uh, deal with life you know and uh definitely yeah there, there's a bunch of uh ideas that um and and my my uh my computer went down my my rig so that was a struggle mm. for like a month and a half getting getting things back up and running so i'm sure fin- i'm finally there and, and i'm hoping that uh yeah i'll have a bunch, or,
1: bunch they're of not, the not so glamorous underlines of a rock star
0: no it's yeah. it, it's sometimes it's not <laughs>
1: that's great john now you know you mentioned a couple of live streams that you've done and i think you're doing another one next month in october yeah. uh by the way everyone should uh log on to stonehorsesmusic.com and, and join your uh email list for more <laughs> updates on this yeah but i wanted to ask you about these live streams john because you are such a great live performer like that's you are like you know bruce springsteen you're like you know like you're a live guy so yeah how has this experience been for you? Is it weird? Like, or do you kind of get into a state? Uh, How has it been connecting to a camera?
0: It is weird, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing that you just have to adjust to. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're very, very astute. I mean, I, I kind of just got into a zone and I just sort of, uh forgot that there wasn't a crowd there and I forgot that I was just playing the cameras and I just, I just performed, you know, um, mm. but that being said, without there being a crowd there, where it, it, you're not getting that energy uh, that kind of is fed back the Feedback, sure. Yeah, and, and also even the, the facility that we used didn't have speakers blasting my vocals out into the room, because okay. even, that, even that would help, you know, like give you some energy, because you can actually feel the sound, you know, out in the room, and as a singer, yeah, as a singer that really can help you out a lot, it makes you feel bigger, you know, all of a sudden you're like, yes! <laughs>
1: you know? You know, you're the second person who I hear that, the first one being David Byrne. Of the okay. of the talking heads, he said it in his book. He said about yeah. uh, the importance of like of, of your vocals and the walls and all that. Absolutely, yeah.
0: wow! It really can, and then you know, and then some places I've played in the past. I remember when I was drumming. Uh, we played this club in Ohio and they, I guess they had some sound problems with neighbors complaining about the club uh, being loud. They put, it's called Sonics. It's like this, this sound eating foam all behind the drum, uh, behind Mm -hmm. the stage, basically the whole stage and then above the, the, you know, the drummer on the ceiling. And I was playing and it was, it was like, I had a hundred pound weights on my arms. Like I couldn't hit the drums hard enough to make right. it feel like it was out in the room <laughs> was like just sucking the life out of me, like the whole time I was playing. You know, it was like turn the dr- monitors up, turn it up, turn it up. You know, and it it just it it was it was really tough. You know, that the room can really make a difference. The sonics of the of you know the sound of the room.
1: Oh, that's fascinating stuff, John. Really great details. Now going back to your new EP, it um, you know I think the refreshing thing about it, John, is how I guess classic it sounds um so i guess i kind of wanted to ask you how did you resist the temptation or did you have that temptation to like hey man like let's just put a little pro tools on it let's put a little extra juice on it it's very easy press a button and you know but but it just sounds so old school
0: yeah i mean for me that that's the that's the the balance, I think, is, you know, we've had, we have all this technology now, and, and it's very difficult to even try to record in an old-timey uh, kind of way, an old-school way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. Because the technology's there, and because you can make a record on a laptop, should you? I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's not, that's not my philosophy. I want, I want it to have some human elements in there. I don't want it to be pro tool to death where it's completely perfect, you know, so it's, yeah, it loses its life and it's, and it's human, you know, imperfections, you know, um, I, I want it to, you know, I don't, I'm not into laptop rock, man. I, you know, mm. or whatever you want to call it. It, it. It's, it's, it's not what, not what I dig, you know, so. Right. I lost my light of my there. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I wanted to have, have feel and have, um, realness, you know, like I, I hear some stuff like on the radio and I go, wow. You know? Yeah. And, it, and, and a lot of times it sounds like, uh, it sounds like it's like, it it could, you could just plug and play. Like it's, a, it's a, maybe a different singer on a thing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's all, a lot of the music sounds the same, you know, like it was all done by the same the same producer, the same mixer name, right. you know, whatever. And, and you're like, oh, you know, like can, can we have some individuality? And that's really what I was going for more than just saying, I'm going to purposely try to do a, cl- uh, a classic rock sound. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly think we could have gone even further uh, down that like uh, there are other bands that i 've that i 've heard recently that I think have more of a classic sound than we do on this record, and um I love it you know uh but i but we didn't we we didn 't get there for whatever reason you know we just did what we do and and the sounds that 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 I thought were the you know or we thought were the best for for what we were making.
1: Definitely. And I, I have to tell you, John, one of the cool things about this record is it actually sounds better every time you listen to it. It's cool. layered. Uh, it, you know, so some of the other really produced nice alt rock or rock albums of today, they're nice and you hear them and you enjoy them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, for lack of a better analogy, it's like fast food. You eat it, you enjoy it, but you forget about it. Right. But, but your record, the more we were like on the research and all that, it just kept sounding better and better and better. And you found new loops and new stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely mission accomplished there. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, you know, that's a, uh, and that's a trick was, you know, or not a trick, but that's the, that's the key, I think, to songwriting as well. You know, like I, I always think about that, like, man, like the best songs are the ones that maybe hook you in, in the beginning a little bit, but then you don't tire of them. You, they don't right. burn on you. And, and that, that's, that's a, that's a huge uh, compliment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, John. Um, let's talk about Old Days for a second, because it's doing really well. Uh, it's, you know, it's jumped into some charts into billboard top 40, um, you know, on on the active rock chart and it's done so much what we're talking about on its own merit. Mm -hmm. It's been like a, like an organic growth. So, uh, just wanted to ask you, how does that feel? You know, that you don't have this crazy, you know, PR machine plugging it on Spotify playlists and this, and it's just because it's a good song.
0: It feels great. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for, you know, people digging it and, 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 you know, having it. Uh, do as well as it did it, it sometimes it's frustrating because we're the little guy you know we're yeah. we're the underdog and it's um we don't have the big machine or the big label behind us to to uh to push the the song forward or the video forward you know it's it's yeah. all like you said it's all done a meritocracy i guess mm-hmm. and um you know it's uh it, it it's tough you know it's a tough road to and it, it and it's tough not being able to get out on the road and and promote it um that's sure. one of the tools and you know you you can build your fan base a lot quicker and you know I've seen it in the past like the bands in town tracker kind of thing that that just happens like when you're on the road right. it happens like crazy and organic right. and since we can't get on the road that's a it's another it's another way of tracking us as well um you know if you guys don't feel like uh, logging onto our website and sign up on an email list. We, I promise, we don't we don't spam our, our fans. You know, maybe <laughs> once a week, if if that. But I haven't sent one out in a, in like three weeks now. So, so we won't uh, we won't hit you up a lot.
1: Definitely. Uh, that's great. John, I wanted to ask you about your songwriting for a second because you you take stuff like "Cheat Like Steel," the first single. Um, you know, it's about keeping your eyes on the money. Uh, just really good stuff. Or uh, the, the other one that says, you know, there was a park that we hung out. You know, we would drink beer, like all these beautiful memories. And then the cops would come. Are this? I mean, some of these songs, they could go either way. They could either be your life experiences, or you could be creating this like Springsteen type characters. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to like get some clarity on that because it's it's a wonderful dance that you do there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, Good Old Days actually is really auto- autobiographical. It um it is talking about. You know, when I finally found some, uh, probably, and these guys are my lifelong friends, you know, we were were hanging out, you know, with older kids at this park and two or three sides of it were bordered by an old cemetery and years before kids had cut holes in the fences. So when the cops would show up to get rid of us, we would just run into the graveyards and we'd get away. So that's really the first verses about that and about the the hoodlums and the neighborhood, you know, that we hung out with. And then the second verse is talking about, you know, talking about I discovered uh, if I climbed on the roof of my old elementary school. I could get to where they had these security floodlights and my thought process when I was forming my first like little basement, you know, garage bands, like we need a light show, man. And I know where mm-hmm. we can get some lights for free. Oh <laughs> <And> so, no. <laughs> that, so that's actually what the second verse is about. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah. And it, the, it was just so dumb. You know, we went up and I, we, I, that's uh, great. I stole a couple lights and we never used them. You know, my dad. Of course my, not. <laughs> my dad wound up finding them in the basement, and he threw them away. I think, or told them yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, um, so that second verse is, <laughs> is 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 about that, but I kind of shaded it. I didn't really get into specifics. And cheat, lie, steal, that's really a collective experience. You know, I think a, a commentary on on you know, you know. You know, life experience, I think, from, you know, the, the key line in Cheat Lie Steel, I think, is, you know, keep your eyes on the money. That's the that's the one of the chorus lines. And it was from a, a guy who is now a songwriter, producer, friend of mine. He had been a singer Definitely. in another band. and He said he was giving me advice about uh, a, a record company that I had been signed to. And he said, man, he said, John, he's like, just keep your eyes on the money, man. And I was, I was like, I'm doing the best I can, man. You know, they're, they're ups, ups, yeah, ups. Yeah. I can't think of, I can't say the word, you know, when they're blocking you from seeing the, the, you know, the way that they're hiding money and all, you know, you, uh, nothing much you can do about it when you're the little guy, you know, you're, which is, uh, which is how most people I think in this world, in this life, uh, the situation that you're in where, you know, you can try to keep your eye on that money and you can try to figure out what is going on, but um, the powers that be kind of, they, they have no interest in you knowing what's going on and, and uh, making things better for you only for themselves. And
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely, John. Wow. I mean, you've been so generous with your time, I want to ask you a couple more questions, but, but I do want to encourage my audience also to check out the good old days videos. It's really good. Uh, it's, the, the way it's filmed, the first part is in Jason's, which is the drummer's kind of like home videos. Yeah. Um, second part has its own thing going on. It's just, it's a beautiful piece of art. So just wanted to throw that out there. So Thank great you. video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wanted to ask you about, you know, you're such an studious guy, rock and roll. There's three schools of thought about like rock music today in 2020, John. So I kind of wanted your take uh, I'd like to do this question when I have uh, rock rock guys. The first school of thought is that rock is cyclical. And right now it's going through a down period in the charts and in interest with the youth. And it's not hot. That's kind of what, what I believe. I believe it, it'll it come back. Mm-hmm. There's a second school of thought. And a friend of the show, Mark Goodman from XM, he really believes this, that a rock right now is represented a lot in country in like for example with people like margo price or jason isbell kind of thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that spirit and then there's a, the the third school of thought which is the negative that uh, that is like rock is dead you know kind of thing where do you stand
0: well um i i i tended to think for years as you you do that rock is cyclical and it seems like as long as there are you know, as long as there are young males who are full of testosterone, there's going to be an outlet for, for rock music. I, I, always, I always believe that, you know. Um, I can't disagree with Mark Goodman's assessment that rock has sh- uh, sort of shifted into some of the country areas a little bit, at least like what we or what I maybe grew up with is uh, considered mainstream rock. You know, we, right. it's kind of been like so many things in, in our society right now, things have been fragmented down and there's lots of niches. Right. So, um, so there's, you know, there's prog metal or whatever, you know, there's a million different things. Emo, there's screamo, there's, there, you know, the metal <laughs> core. I mean, I don't even know what, you know, most of the stuff is right. So, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've I've had the pleasure of seeing Jason Isbell. I loved it. In fact, they're a keyboard player. Um, um, he he's played on uh, some of our stuff. You know, okay. he originally, he's originally from Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, my hope is that yeah, it's cyclical and it's gonna it'll come back. It might come back in a different form. You know, like I didn't you know didn't see the the rap rock thing coming. Yeah. Really. I didn't. Um you know uh you know it might be just a slightly left of center of of what zeppelin was doing but there's always sort of like you know you talked about like you know last year rival sons comes out with a new record you know it's blues based again one of my one of my favorites well not again but they they are one of my favorites um just a fantastic band we had the pleasure of of playing with them and just had a had a Fantastic time, uh, you know. So there, I guess, and then Greta Van Fleet too. Greta Van Fleet, yeah, we, we with them. played with those guys as well, and and uh, you know that I guess people were terming it the new wave of classic rock. Um, you know it's it's fantastic and i love to see that you know i like lo- you know obviously you know like you were saying how our, our record has a classic feel you know i think that we fit right into that that ballpark and there's there's several other other bands that are doing it you know so it's it, it heartens me to see that happening you know I've, i'm really really fired up about that yeah that's
1: awesome john well listen be more than generous with your time oh, thank you've, you you've said it all <laughs> uh it's it, it, this has been awesome this has been awesome week man I, I can see and i mean my audio portion won't be won't see it but like there's this hunger that when you get on stage whenever that is mm-hmm. man get a ticket because you're gonna shred that stage john you can just you can just feel it man
0: it's it's uh that's where I come from, man. It's, is the live, the live aspect. So when I sit down to write a, a tune, a lot of times it comes from that thought, Oh, this is going to be energetic. This is going to be in your face. The crowd is going to love this. And, and that's uh, it's, it's, it's so um, gratifying, you know, when, you know, you get in front of an audience who has that energy. And speaking of, of Rival Sons, I was just uh, talking to somebody in another interview, and, and they were talking about playing with other bands. And we, it was our first show with Rival Sons up, up in Delaware in front of yeah. a, crowd that had, a crowd that had never seen us before. And we... We, all, we used to open up with this song called 100 Days. And at the end, I hit this, you know, this high note, scream thing, ridiculousness, right? I hit it. The band ends. Boom. And before the crowd yelled, came up, this kid in the front who was there with his parents, I hear him say, oh, my God. <laughs> I just was like, yeah. wow. Like, I, I got so emotional at that moment because – he yeah just made me feel like wow, like you know, yeah, like, I, like he he was it was just great. i you know, Oh man! And we had a great night. We had like a line at the merch table, and and what know, a
1: great we, story. We
0: signed, you know, everything. I met everybody, you know, made sure everybody got something, and you know, that's awesome. John. Signature and just love to meet everybody, and and it's just it's just great, man. It's just great to have that communal kind of thing and I, the love for music. What's one of your first oh my
1: god moments since you bring it up
0: like when you were a child when I was uh do you mean like seeing a concert or or yeah a concert I don't know man I I I loved I loved going like just prior to the concert like like just the the energy of the crowd I remember one time downtown Baltimore my parents were driving me to it used to be called Baltimore Arena yeah. And driving and I look over and there's a city bus driving by me and there's a guy hanging out of the window like going, yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, that guy's going to the concert I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I was inside the arena. I looked over and there he was. He's oh, all I was like, I knew it, you know, and you could just, I could, I love like picking people out, you yeah. know, on the way to a show and I'd be like, yeah, they're going you know, there's a car. They're load, going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and uh, just that whole vibe i mean, and you just feel the energy in the building and the anticipation of of the shows you know, and it's just incredible you know a c d c and and you know mm. and and uh yeah, you know seeing bands like those huge bands are just fantastic, i mean absolutely you know. Ugh. That's that's one of my dream gigs is like one day to, to open up for A C D C. You know, I know they're getting ready to do a record to put a record out. So I'm There like, you go. Let's manifest it. Yeah,
1: let's manifest it. Put it out there. That's great, John. That'd be great. Thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. And, and listen, when you go back on the road, you know, I, I know Florida is a little bit out of the route, but make sure to stop by. You know, we, we can oh, yeah. do a little rock and roll.
0: What town are you out of?
1: Miami, basically. Between Miami. Miami and Fort
0: Lauderdale. Yeah. Oh beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. I was All right, man. about a year ago. I loved it.
1: Take care, man. Take care. Good talk. Thank you so much.
0: Bye. You've been listening to jrod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.